with the pain that can be involved in saying no. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor. When you say no to your flesh, I just want you to know something. It's going to hurt. What do you think? It's not going to hurt saying no to the old sinful habit patterns that rebel against God? It's going to hurt. And for some of you, it's going to hurt a lot because this area in your life is so rooted in your heart and you've never dealt a death blow to that area of your flesh. And so it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful, but it's going to be fruitful. God is going to honor your decision to say yes to the Spirit and no to the flesh. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You It's often not thought of, but in order to change, you have to say no to what needs to stop and yes to what's to be put in place of it. It sounds so simple. So why is it so hard? Well, it can be done, and we'll tell you how today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. In Romans 12, verse 2, instruction is provided to help in the struggle to change. We'll be encouraged that change can happen, but not without our willing participation. Here now with more on what's involved is Pastor Ed. I think a lot of times the application or the attitude of Christians is, well, okay, here's the deal, Ed, I get it. I'm saved, so in order not to be conformed to the world and not transform and have my mind transformed, I guess I've, God will just do it. God will do it. I don't need to worry. God will do it. God will take care of it. That's God's department. Really? The way I read the Bible here in verse 2, these are commands to you. The command is, number one, don't be conformed to this world. Reject it. Number two, be transformed. There is this sense where you and I cooperate. Like God isn't going to just open your arms and put a Bible in front of you and make you read it. He wants you to cooperate. What would that look like? You know, what would that attitude look, look like if I took that attitude when I came into the company of believers today? Like today, like I'd say, well, you know what? There's a Bible study to be given today, but God's going to do it. God's going to do it. As a matter of fact, all I need to do is show up and just kind of lay down. Oh, I hope God teaches you guys. Oh, oh, God's going to do it. Tell me what he does. Yeah. Man. God's going to do it. Yeah, God's doing it right now. That's silly, isn't it? But laying down here, I don't really want to get up. <laughs> How silly is that? I mean, I understand in my life that there's this gifting of pastor-teacher in my life, and I need to cooperate with God to teach you God's Word. And you and I, we live our same lives the same, we live our lives in Jesus Christ the same way. There's a cooperative effort. Yes, God is and God will do his part. Absolutely. And as you abide in Jesus Christ, you'll do yours too. It's not just this passivity. 
Oh, I guess, you know, I'm going to say I'm a believer now. I just, you know, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to put my iPod on, listen to all this kind of junk music that just puts God down and puts my parents down, whatever. I'm going to put the iPod on. Okay, God, conform me. Okay, let me give you a first step. Take those stinking things out of your ears. How's that? And then check your music and make sure it's not ungodly. Oh, yeah, don't be so legalistic. I'm not being legalistic. You know what legalistic is? Going down and taking the earphones out of your ears myself. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Maybe. <laughs> Unless you're my kid. <laughs> but I am going to exhort you, consider what you're taking in. Consider where you are and cooperate with the work of God. Flip over now, turn over with me, would you do Ephesians, or excuse me, to Philippians chapter 4? Yeah, it is a great passage for husbands, but it's a great passage for us, that God would take his word and wash us. And so please, church, have your Bibles. If you don't have one, like I said, take one from the chair in front of you as our gift to you. Use it, read it, memorize it, take it in, obey it, ask questions, pray through it, study it with us, because the Bible is God's love letter to you. And when you read love letters over and over again, you just fall more in love with the one that wrote it. The answers for the questions in your life are found in God's word. The answers for the issues on your heart are found in God's word. And the way you're transformed is through the word of God. Now, we already looked at this section before. We'll start in verse 6 because Paul says, Don't be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And we dealt with that in an earlier study. It's so wonderful that we can take our cares and concerns to God. And as we cast our cares upon him, we know that he cares for us. Notice the result now as we pray through these anxieties. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You got that helmet of salvation on identifying you with Jesus, reminding you that you have strength for today, taking you to a place where you remember you have hope for tomorrow, not easily swayed by circumstance. And then notice what the, what the circumstances do in our lives, how easy it is for us to lose sight of the strength and the love of Jesus Christ. And you know, God's peace will do what your mind cannot do. God's peace will calm you, will encourage you, will support you, will strengthen you. Listen to this. You can jot it down for you note takers. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. In Isaiah 26, 3, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. I challenge you, take out your concordance, whether you have one in book form or on your computer, and look up how many times the word mind is used, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and you'll see that God is interested in your mind and what you think on, because our brains, our minds are incredible that God has created. They're incredible. You know, those that study the mind say that on average, we have about three and a half million thoughts that we have processed through our little brain every year. Can you imagine? No wonder we're so tired all the time. You're thinking about three and a half million things. I mean, think about it. That's one more to get you thinking on. Three and a half million processes go through every year. 
I mean, by the time you're 20, you know, what is that? Oh, another thing, that's 60-something million. Think about, man, that's incredible, the things that your mind goes through, the things that you have to process. And then those that study, they drilled it down a little bit more for us here in the United States, and they say that the average person on an average day sees over 2,000 advertisements that you process. Now, consider that you're awake 12 hours in the day, that's over 167 messages that you see just in the form of advertising an hour. Man. Now most of them, not all of them, but most of them are designed to get your mind on something other than Jesus Christ. To get your mind rooted on the earth. To get your mind constantly concerned with the affairs of this life, even though the Bible says that a good soldier doesn't entangle himself with the affairs of this life, but we find that sometimes we do. And we process and process, and most of them are not. Well, they, most of the things that we see in this world and its system doesn't line up with verse 8. Notice Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. In that vacuum of mind, how God will transform you. He says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Here, you want direction in life on where to focus your mind? God gives us eight things to focus our attention on. Eight things. Oh, what is true? What is noble? What is praiseworthy? You know those people we were talking about earlier? People that you might consider an enemy or at odds with? What would things look like if you began to apply these eight things toward that person and you're always thinking about true things in their life and praiseworthy things, that you're thinking about things that are virtuous and pure, you're thinking of things that are of good report. Verse 8 is the best antidote to gossip and slander. If we would just take verse 8 to heart, we wouldn't be talking about people behind their backs. We wouldn't be thinking the worst about them. We wouldn't be trying to shred their name and say every time the situation comes up, and maybe you are at odds with them, but every time you share the story, you come out sounding so perfect and so pure while you shred the other person's life. Does that sound like the heart of Jesus? It doesn't to me. But I bet if you took verse 80 and began to apply it in your life, you could find some things that are praiseworthy, that are noble, that are good. And when you begin to think on these things, well, verse 8 sounds a lot like the Bible, doesn't it? Flip over to Psalm 19. Where do we get these thoughts from? Where are they inspired from? But from God's Word. And you see it all tied together. You want to know the will of God for your life? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Wash your mind with the water of the Word. Let your mind be shaped and molded. Because I hear this all the time. And I've even been here a few times myself where there's situations where I go, it'll never happen. Never happen. No, Ed, what about such a... No, it'll never happen. That's impossible. Really? Is it impossible? Is it really never happen? Oh, yeah, Ed, you don't... Under, it'll never happen. You know, I hear you and, and I hear the Bible studies, but then I get to this place and, and I always conclude, it'll never happen. It's impossible. Really? It'll never happen. It's impossible. Yeah, it's... Not. But you know what my Bible says? My Bible says this, that with man, it's impossible. But with God, 
all things are possible. So I get to believe the truth. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I'm not entirely sure what God has in store for me, but let me tell you something, friend. When it's impossible with man, it's possible for God. And you can begin to think of the noble and the true and the praiseworthy things. Look at Psalm, did I give you the number 19? Look at Psalm 19, verse 7, would you? Because when we look at this list, we immediately see the word of God. In Psalm 19, verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testament of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Where do we find these virtues but throughout the scriptures, both in teaching and in people's lives? And it is always tempered by the truth. You always want to live in the realm of truth, not of error or your trying to figure things out, but allowing God to speak the truth to you in love. But it's amazing that there's a constant tension. Will you believe God at his word or will you believe the word that you have created? So meditate on these things. We find ourselves in good company, as we read in the psalm this morning. That righteous man meditates on the word of God day and night. Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, was told to meditate on God's word day and night. That word meditate, back in Romans chapter 12, if you want to flip over there. We're going to turn a couple more times and then we'll enter into a time of communion. But in Romans chapter 12, that word meditate, you can circle it and you can write think through or dwell on, because that's what it means. It's not the kind of meditation you might hear in the world today where you're told to, you know, get in some kind of position and start to focus on your navel and put your hands out and, oh, that's foolishness. The kind of meditation the Bible speaks of in the Old Testament and the New Testament isn't an emptying of your mind, allowing all the demonic forces to influence you, but a filling of your mind with the word of God. The best picture God has given us of meditation is a cow that chooses cud. Because the idea behind that word, meditate, is to chew on and chew on and chew on. So, you know, you got the cow out there chewing on the grass, all the slobber coming down and just chewing. And then they swallow it. You go, yeah, but the cow's not done, man. Somehow he brings it back up. I want some more nutrients. He starts chewing it again, chewing it again. Swallows it and you go, yeah, he's done. Not yet. Got a few stomachs in there, doesn't he? Brings it back up to chew on and chew on again. And the cows give us milk too. Isn't that cool? Have you ever thought about that? God created the cow to chew his cud and give you milk. You don't think that way, do you? You just go down to the market, grab some milk and go, oh, got my milk. No, God created a cow to give you your milk. That's cool. And in order to give you the milk, the cow had to chew its cud. And you go, Ed, what the heck are you talking about? (laughs) Think about it this way. God is desiring fruit from your life. As a matter of fact, as you abide in Jesus Christ, fruit comes from your life. And he's created you in a very special way so that as we enjoy the fruit in your life, Part of what God is looking for from you is to meditate, to chew on God's word. Take it in, bring it out. Take it in, bring it out. Chewing it and thinking it through, 
so that the nutrients of God's word takes effect in your life and fruit comes from your life, just like that cow giving us milk. That's how God's created it. Our God is so cool. He takes so good care of us. If you really want to know the will of God, be a person of the word. Study it, understand it. You know, the Bible says you're a new creation in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible says that you and I have put off the old man. That's found in Colossians chapter 3, verse 9. You know, the Bible says that you no longer need to be controlled by your flesh. You can say no to your old sinful habit patterns. Oh yeah, the Bible says that in Galatians chapter 5. Let me just say this before we go. A couple things. That's how pastors are, right? I have one more thing to say, but in my mind there's three. I'm going to process all three of them. We're going to go through them together. Because it's second service. We can be here all day. You know that, right? (laughs) But listen, when you say no to your flesh, I just want you to know something. It's going to hurt. What do you think? It's not going to hurt saying no to the old sinful habit patterns that rebel against God? It's going to hurt. And for some of you, it's going to hurt a lot because this area in your life is so rooted in your heart and you've never dealt a death blow to that area of your flesh. And so it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful, but it's going to be fruitful. God is going to honor your decision to say yes to the Spirit and no to the flesh. Just because all this time you refuse to deal with that death blow to your flesh and the power of God's Spirit doesn't mean you can't do it now. It doesn't mean that God isn't going to take his word like a scalpel and begin to cut around in your life and do spiritual surgery in your life so that you might be more healthy. Flip over to 1 Corinthians real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, because at this point some people say, well, the Bible, the Bible, I don't understand the Bible. That's why I don't read the Bible. But listen, you don't have to understand the Bible completely because the Spirit of God is going to help you. You're not on your own. Look at this, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So I have a hard time reading. That's why I don't read the Bible. I don't read very well. Well, listen, we've got this for you. Go to our website. Go under the Bible study tab. Toward the top, it says MP3 Bible. You know what you can do? You can download those files. You can burn them to a CD, put them on your iPod, and someone will read you the Bible. That's cool. They'll read. We got the whole Bible on, on MP3 that can read to you the Bible where you can go to bed with the Bible just being read to you as you go to sleep. Or you can put it on your iPod. You can walk around the park or you can do your walk with the Word of God. See, God has made it so easy for us. God's made it so easy for us. And I'll tell you, if we're not careful, all these things will just become convenient excuses of not following after the things of God. Convenient excuse, yes. Good decision, no. Because notice, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I haven't even got there with you yet, so you can still look. Verse 11, 1 Corinthians 2, notice, God is so special. He's so sweet to us. He's so wonderful to us. He says in verse 11, listen, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? And you say, thanks, Paul. Appreciate that. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, you know you better than anyone else. That's what he's saying. He says, we all know you from the outward expression. We know what you say. We know what you do. But only you know you. I mean, you know the real you. Okay, so you got all dressed up. You all came to church. You found your Bible. You put on the face. But God still knows you. Like you know you. 
So, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm doing this because mom made me do it, dad made me, I'm here, and I'm here, okay, I'm here, I'm here. Do you see me here? Yeah, I see you here. But you know why you're here. You know your heart. Because the best person that knows a man is the man or the woman. You know you better than anyone. You know you better than anyone else, with the exception, of course, with God, as he's able to reveal things in our life. But God, he knows you, and you know you. So that's what Paul's saying. He's saying, look, men know men, women know women, they know ourselves. But notice, even so, with that, with that same foundation, he says, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So the same thing that's true for you is true for God, because we're created in his image. So you know you, God knows himself. We seek out God, and he's revealed things to us, but only God really knows God. So check this out. I love this. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know now the things that have been freely given to us by God. The spiritual man, the spiritual woman knows the things of God. And so even though you're reading through the Bible and you don't fully understand everything yet, don't let that discourage you because the Spirit of God that dwells in you will give you understanding and teach you the things of God. Don't give up so soon. Don't quit so quickly because as a spiritual man and as a spiritual woman, if you want to know the things of God, God will reveal to you the things of God. So don't give up so quickly. We're just about out of time for this edition of Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Before we wrap things up, I do want to mention a few things that may be of interest to you. For those who would like to hear this study from Romans again, just go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com. We also have an app, and that's a great way to catch Abounding Grace when it's most convenient. Listen to us on your mobile device. You can download it for free when you search for Calvary Aurora. There's a lot that goes into making all this happen, as you might imagine, and we look to the Lord to provide and guide. And if he's leading you to take an active role in the ministry through either monthly support or a one-time donation, first of all, thank you. And second, we'd like to send you something as a tangible expression of our gratitude. When you give $25 or more, you're invited to request Don Stewart's excellent book, 25 Signs We Are Near the End. In these difficult days, many are wondering how close we are to the end. Well, Don Stewart looks to the Bible to help you answer that. He believes there are 25 signs that would suggest we are near the end, like the miracle of Israel's survival, the preparations being made to build the third temple. The stage is also being set for the Ezekiel 38 and 39 invasion. Read all about it in 25 Signs We Are Near the End. Just call 877-30-GRACE and we can take your request. Again, that's 877-30-GRACE. Pastor Ed, I think there's a couple of common emotions that our listeners are experiencing right now in the pandemic, uh, fear and frustration. And for some, it's at an all-time high. Would you speak a word of encouragement that might help them cope in these difficult times? This time for the COVID-19 coronavirus has stretched us thin. Even those that have a strong faith have been challenged in so many different ways. And if that's you, I want you to know that the feelings that you're having right now are normal. And I think the first thing that we begin to think is like, you know what, I'm not a strong believer. I can't take it. I don't know what to do. Uh, maybe I'm, I don't believe after all, maybe this is all unreal or not true. And all the, the battle is in the mind and our minds 
how important it is for us to learn in a habitual way to take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And I'm sorry that you're experiencing these up and down, left and right emotions. In many ways, I am too. But God is faithful. And he has not only gotten us through this, he's going to get us through to the very end. He's going to reveal to us areas of our life that need to be dealt with spiritually. He's revealing to us areas that are strong. Like, like it's not just the negative in this time. There's a lot of positive going on in your life right now. Look for it. Thank God for it. As he reveals to you a good day or a good week, or he reveals to you how your heart has gone out to people uh, that you haven't had that before, and now you're reaching out to people, and you're loving people, and some of you are making masks, and some of you are getting food, and some of you are giving up your sick time and putting it into the pool for the person that needs it. It's amazing what's happening in the body of Christ. So it's not all bad, but when it does become an emotional burden, lay those burdens before the Lord. Uh, It might sound cliche to you, but it's not. It's biblical truth. Lay those burdens before the Lord. The Bible actually uses the word, cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. So take a moment and do that now. God bless you guys. I'm sure someone listening needed to hear that. Thanks. There's much more to come in Romans, so try to set aside a half hour each day to join us for Abounding Grace as Pastor Ed Taylor relates the truths we find here to everyday living. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. 